0: Luke 19, through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to, the be, to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Alexis. You know, uh, we in January have begun, uh, uh, actually, we've returned uh, to a past practice, and, uh, and that's just to remind us each week what we're about. And, and one of the things that's helpful for you to know, you know, if you kind of track my, my messages uh, over the next uh, four or five months, you you'll You'll say uh that fits uh loving people or that fits transforming uh lives or that fits uh making disciples and and when we uh meet in leadership we, you know these are kind of the guidelines that we keep asking ourselves and keep coming back to are we living into uh the words that we're saying and so I invite you to join me again. Uh, uh, to uh, remind ourselves of what we're about. And Asbury, we are about loving people, transforming lives, making disciples. Now, and, and again, I always want to come back and, and reiterate, my, making disciples is, is specifically a, a, a trying to connect people uh, with the grace that is found in Jesus Christ to help people, as I've shared last week, and will continue to share, to help people know Jesus, love Jesus, and serve Jesus. And uh, as we're invited into that kind of relationship, that growing relationship with Jesus, uh, then he's inviting us to know people, love people, and serve people. And and so, uh, you know, when we uh, wonder, uh, where is Asbury going? Well, we're going to loving people. Transforming lives and making disciples. Now, you know, I've got, uh, Got a, uh, a few just statements, reflection statements. Kind of you fill in the blank, and, and I want you to reflect on these uh, 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 this morning. If something comes to mind, you know, I want you to reflect on it because uh, not only do we want to say the words, but like I said, we want to live into the very words we keep uh, we keep speaking. And, and so the the first phrase I, I want you to reflect on is is I have experienced love when and is. Kind of fill in the blank there. I have experienced love when? Because we're saying we're about loving people. And if we're about loving people at some moment at Asbury, you personally should be able to say, I have experienced uh, love here at Asbury when? And I'll give you a recent example for me. And I and I already told Kat I was going to share this. Uh, Kat's a, a part of our uh, media team. Uh, her daughter Alexis was the one who read scripture this morning. Uh, a little over a week ago, we were preparing uh, for uh, last Sunday's uh, worship experience. It was Thursday, and, and usually the things that I have done uh, are are completed. Uh, are prepared for Sunday uh, are completed by Thursday, so that I can get get those things to to Kat and she can uh, get them into the computer, so that you can see the the screen. Well, it was Thursday evening, and uh, and we were texting back and forth, but she picked up in my text that the, that something wasn't quite right. She just simply said, "You don't sound like yourself. Are you all right?" And uh, and and I told her. Uh, I, I actually am okay I'm just a little off because uh, of this week and and uh, I said thank you for asking you know that was uh, that was a loving thing to do to to pause in the in, in the in the midst of business just to simply say look let's forget about the the business are you okay and, uh, and, and, and so when we, uh, when we talk about loving people, I'm inviting you to think about those moments where you have experienced love uh, here at Asbury. The, the second uh, thing I want you to think about is, is my life changed when? I mean, we're talking about transforming lives, and transforming lives means something has changed in our lives. And so, you know, if if you've been here at, at Asbury for any length of time, my goodness, I hope that something has changed in your life. I know I've been here four and a half years now, and a lot has changed in my life because uh, of being a part of the experience that's called Asbury United Methodist Church. Uh then the 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 third thing I have grown in Christ when again making disciples and, and it means that I have chosen to follow Jesus and in in, in that walk uh, certain things have happened so that I am growing in my faith and, and experience a fuller uh, 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 connection with God through Jesus Christ. And, and, and I, I want you to think about those because one of the things that we have in our Vision 751 is kind of a statement that basically says that uh, the stories about Jesus or Jesus' stories become commonplace in, in the life at, uh, at Asbury. And, uh, and, and they may be very commonplace here. And, I'm, and I know that we, uh, you know, I've talked with individuals, but sometimes we don't highlight that. Uh, in our corporate gatherings, and and uh, so uh, I'm I'm inviting you to think about those three statements, and if you would like to make a short, uh, you know, a, a minute or two, uh, two and a half minute uh, testimony uh, answering uh, one of those reflections, or writing a, a little short uh, testimony uh, of what uh, what loving people, transforming lives, and making disciples has meant. To you, and uh, and and, uh, I'm going to make sure it should be coming up. Yeah, there. uh, Email or contact cat at media at asburycc.org. So media at uh, asburycc.org. You can send uh, either a, a, a video clip. Or uh, a short testimony, we're going to want to, to uh, integrate that into our worship experience, into our e-news, our, our Facebook page. Uh, and if you want to remain anonymous, first of all, that means uh, uh, if you're going to do a video, you're going to have to put you know, like a you know, uh, a big mask on, a whole mask. And no, uh, uh, if you want to remain nom- anonymous and you write a short story, just simply say. Uh, I, want, I want you to share my story, I just don't want you to share my name. Uh, and, and in most cases, what we're talking about here is somebody has made an impact on, in your life, and this is your opportunity to say, here is one of the Asbury heroes, uh, just like I did a little bit earlier with Cat. Cat was the hero of that story. Uh, I was the one who was having a bad day, and she was the one who made it better. So with that in mind, I want to come back to this, this uh, statement. Uh, I've said this uh, this uh, verse every uh, every Sunday, with the exception of last Sunday. And one of the reasons I keep coming back to this uh, this particular uh, verse is because uh, you know it's just it 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 captivated me, and it has captured my thoughts for for uh, uh, for a while now. And, and it's simply this man welcomes sinners. And eats with them. Now, Ellen knows a lot of times what I'm going to say or what I'm going to preach about, and so she kind of inserted some of her thoughts and ideas and said, "Oh, Tom, you you uh, you recognize Jesus never called people sinners and." And I said, I know. In, in fact, it's not Jesus who's saying this. This is being said about Jesus, but it's being said uh, by the religious leaders uh, in his day and time. And he, it keeps coming back to that kind of kind of statement. Uh, and, and, and so it's important for us to recognize that, that uh, the culture uh, tagged us as sinners, but Jesus didn't. On the other hand, Jesus did continually call people to change repent for the kingdom of god is at hand uh but i I was thinking about that uh this man welcomes sinners and eats with them and and i really want to live into that i want that to be said of me and uh and so the the question is well if i'm going to welcome sinners and eat with them i gotta go find them you know (laughs) gotta hitch up my big boy pants and go find me some sinners and uh and 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 in thinking about this, you know, I'll give you I'll give you a heads up. If you want to find a sinner, uh, welcome him or her and eat with them. Invite me to lunch, because I know like like Paul that Jesus came to s- uh, save sinners among whom I am chief. He recognized it then. I recognize it now. It's the grace of God that found me, welcomed me, and invited me to sit down at the table with love. So with that in mind, we, uh, we turn to, the, to, the, uh, to the, uh, today's message, and it's entitled, When Love Sits at the Table. Uh, it comes from Luke 19, 1 through 10, which, uh, which Alexis uh, shared with us. And, and I'm going to just cut to the chase. There's three things that Jesus knew, and we're going to look at all three right now. We're going to start with the first thing that Jesus knew. And the first thing that Jesus knew when he walked into Jericho is he knew the culture. He knew the culture. Uh, One of the things that we see over and over again are statements about what Jesus thought or what Jesus uh, 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 knew uh, in Jesus, in, in Matthew twelve twenty five, Jesus has healed a, a man uh, who uh, uh, was demon possessed. Uh, the man could not hear, the, uh, nor could he speak. Jesus heals him, and, and there's there's a murmur going through the crowd, uh, and the and the religious people, the let's just say the church people who had gone to church all their lives were were grumbling about what had just happened, and said, "Well, he does it." by uh, the power of Beelzebul. Uh, another way to put it is he's in league with the devil. And, uh, and, and this is what uh, it says in that moment. He knows the culture. Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus understands the culture where when God begins to move... Uh, that uh, a lot of times because of the resistance and and, uh, kind of the apple cart getting turned over, that people are uncomfortable and uh, they respond by, this isn't of God, this is of the devil. He understands the culture. Uh, Again, there's another uh, in Mark 2. It's the story where uh, Jesus is in a home and uh, people have gathered uh, uh, to hear what he has to say. O- on the outside looking in are a number of the religious leaders. They're watching and, and, and listening to what Jesus is, is doing and saying. And, and during that moment, some, some friends, uh, they're trying to get their, their paralyzed friend in uh, uh, to see Jesus because they know Jesus can heal uh, people and they're hoping that he'll heal their paralyzed friend. Uh, they can't get into the house, so though they go up on the roof, they tear a hole in the roof and they lower their friend down in front of jesus and and so there he is uh right in front of jesus and uh and Jesus says to him, "Not get up and walk." He says to him, uh, "Your sins are forgiven and And the moment he says that, there's something going on uh, outside among the religious leaders. And this is what it says in Mark 2.8. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. So again, Jesus understood that, that there are standards, there are, there are understandings, there are traditions. This is the way we've always done it. And Jesus comes in and he doesn't do it the way it's always been done but he understood the culture. He knew that he was getting uh, deeper and deeper into trouble with the culture around him. There's another situation in Mark, uh, uh, a number of chapters later, Mark 12, um, n- now the conservative element of the church, the conservative element uh, of the of the Jewish faith, uh, the Pharisees, they've come to test Jesus. And uh and uh and they uh they don't like rome they don't like caesar they will want to throw caesar's uh uh influence out and and so they come to jesus and and they ask him the question so should we pay taxes to caesar and and again uh it says here jesus knew their hypocrisy that they were they were saying one thing on the outside you know uh you're a great teacher. We know that you uh, uh, don't uh, favor any uh, any uh, particular political position. Uh, so let's ask you a question because you'll give us an honest answer. And he said, you know, he recognized the culture and he knew their hypocrisy. And then finally in John, John uh, chapter 2, and I, I've touched on this uh, uh, a number of, maybe it's been over a year ago. But I remember this because it was—it uh, just kind of stood out. Uh, it says John chapter two. It's after the, the miracle where Jesus turns the water into the wine at uh, uh, at a wedding. And, uh, and he has probably at that point done other things, but that's all we know about at this, at this point. And people, he's captured people's attention. They're wondering, uh, who is this man? He must be uh, some kind of special person. He might be a prophet. He might be the Messiah. All of that is going on. And, and in the midst of that, Jesus understands the culture. And, he says, and it says, Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. So when he comes into Jericho, and he does what he does, he understands there's going to be a kickback, and he hears it after he gives an invitation to Zacchaeus. He said, and this is what happened in Jericho, in that community. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner, you know, and, and, and they're, you know, what they're saying is they're excited because he's coming in. They've heard about the miracles. But then the moment he says something to Zacchaeus, all of a sudden they're going, well, he's go- gone to be the guest of a sinner. And, and their attitudes, you know, the, if, if, the, if, their, uh, if their welcome was a temperature, it had suddenly got very chilly in relation to Jesus. So, but he knew that. He understood that. He knew that, that there are, are those who are inside the community and there are those who are excluded from the community. There were then, there are now. And, and uh, you know even when we have a, a new president, President Biden, who, who calls for unity, and that's kind of been his mainstream, uh, uh, or that's his been his main message, uh, he knows coming in, that this is not a united states. This is a divided state. And and we we, uh, have lined up, uh, us versus them. There are those inside our circle, and there are those outside of our circle. You know, that's our culture. That's the way Americans live today. And we need to understand that. Jesus knew it then. Jesus knows it now. That there are people that we consider inside our circle and people we consider outside our circle. The second thing that Jesus knew is Jesus knew the man. Uh, Jesus, you know, as, as we look at this, uh, he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He calls him by name. He sees where he is. He calls him by name, and, and he says... Uh, I'm going to your house today. And, uh, and, and, and as I was thinking about this, it was very interesting. I, I was wondering, how in the world did Jesus actually know Zacchaeus by name? And, uh, and, I, and I thought, well, one of the ways is, is simply, uh, you know, uh, his inner scoreboard. And, and what do I mean by inner scoreboard? I just heard this term this week. It was in relation to, to a football team, but it actually was originally stated by uh, Warren Buffett talking about there's an inner scoreboard and an outer scoreboard. The outer scoreboard is circumstances that surround us, but the inner scoreboard is what we say on the inside. And, and Jesus' inner scoreboard was always tuned Uh, and watching and listening for uh, the voice of the Father. And and maybe uh, on that particular day, uh, his inner scoreboard, as God was speaking to him on the inside, said, that man up in the tree, his name is Zacchaeus. I mean, that's one of the ways that he would have known the man by name. But, But I was thinking about this, and it was really interesting. I've invited you all to have have what I call quiet union, just sit quietly for a couple of minutes uh, in the morning, in the evening, in the middle of the day, but t- just sit quietly uh, for a couple of minutes. And interestingly enough, last night during my quiet union time, my, my sitting quietly is around 751 because that's, you know, I try to stick to uh, our uh, Asbury praying time. And, uh, and, and, and during that quiet time, something came to me that I had completely forgotten and it was this, uh, when, I, uh, when Ellen, Daniel, and I were a missionary family um, and we were back in the United States, I, I, I uh, uh, spoke uh, all over the country, and, and in one particular case, I had flown into um, into the Sacramento area, I believe it was, and uh, and was speaking at a church. I was one of the guest speakers over that weekend, and uh, and it happened to be they gathered the the youth group together in the evening, and uh, and the youth group went through their entire uh, you know what what they did prior to anyone speaking. They did all of that prior to uh, introducing me. So I came in quietly. I sat down. I I observed. That's all I did. I said nothing. I I did nothing except simply observe. And by the time they introduced me, uh, and and there were probably about 15 people, adults and and youth that were there. By the time they introduced me, I knew every single one of their names. Why? I observed. I listened. And I believe on that particular day, it makes perfect sense to me that as Jesus was coming in, He saw this man, he didn't know his name, just a little short guy, but it seemed like everybody was pushing him around. He was trying to get in, trying to get in, and they were pushing him away, and at some point they, get out of here, Zacchaeus, get out of here, you're not welcome here. And, uh, and so he's, he's, he's uh, trying to get in, trying to get in to, to just simply see Jesus and the disciples. Nobody's letting him in. And so finally in desperation, he sees a tree on up ahead and he climbs up into the tree. Uh, and this little guy climbs up in the tree and he's hanging on for dear life, just wanting for a moment to see Jesus. And by the time he climbed up into that tree, Jesus had heard enough from the crowd that he knew who that man was. He knew that he wasn't welcome. He understood the man's situation, that the man was desperate to see Jesus, and the community was desperate to keep him out. And Jesus, knowing the culture, still looked up into that tree and said, Zacchaeus, Come down immediately. I'm going to stay at your house today. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Well, Jesus knew that, uh, that the atmosphere or the climate in that community toward him would chill a lot. Simply because he spoke to this man, went to this man's home... And, uh, and, and, and sat down, and, and if you're in somebody's house in, in the Middle East, uh, you're going to have something to eat, something to drink. Uh, it's still true uh, th- this day in the Middle East. I've spent time there as well, and, uh, and uh, everywhere you go. Uh, I remember walking into a store, and, uh, and th- before I'd even bought anything, they were not trying to sell me a bottle of water. They offered me as a gift. A bottle of water. So, so in, in in the Middle East today, even if you walk into a store, they are, they they offer you hospitality. And so, Jesus, this is the important thing to recognize here is 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 Jesus uh, spoke to Je- uh, spoke to Zacchaeus, uh, uh, welcomed him, and then he, he ate with him. And, and when it comes to hospitality, there's two types of people within a a, a home. There is the host and the guest. And Jesus was, when it came to hospitality, he was comfortable in both roles. Right here, he's inviting himself to to Zacchaeus' home as a guest. Later, he would be inviting his disciples into an upper room and a Passover meal, and he's the host. And so when it, comes to, when it comes to welcoming sinners and eating with them, it's not about you extending the invitation. Sometimes it's about you accepting the invitation. And it's important for us to recognize that. But why in the world did Jesus set the culture aside and, and, and promote the man? And it came down to the third thing that he knew, he knew the mission. He knew the mission. He knew what he was about. Uh, again, uh, when we talk about our about statement, that's our mission. We're about loving people, uh, uh, transforming lives, and making disciples. And, and when we talk about that and keep, uh, uh, keep uh, centered on that, we know the mission. We repeat the mission. We live into the mission. Jesus knew the bi- mission, and he said this is, this is his mission statement. Jesus said to him, uh, Zacchaeus, but as he's speaking to Zac- Zacchaeus, everybody else is listening. He said, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus knew why he came. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that, he should, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I have come to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus knew his mission. And so when he, when he entered into that home... What happened was this man who was on the outside in the community became on the inside of God's love. He sat, love sat at the table with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus was transformed from the inside out. How do we know that? Because his response is, I'm going to give away half my wealth right off. Right off the top, I'm not even going to think about it. And if I have cheated anyone, I'm going to pay four times as much. I'm going to make amends. I have changed on the inside out, and now you're seeing it on the outside looking in. This, even, or this afternoon, 1 to 4, uh, there's going to be a, a, a leadership workshop. Um, I'm just going to be an attender, kind of poking my head in, seeing what's going on uh there are others who are leading that. Javi Ornelas, uh is one of the leaders uh, you'll hear from him in a little bit but there there's a there's a circle i call it uh or the it's called the asbury assimilation process that should be there you go and and you see i, I call it the uh the circle uh, the cycle circle and you know he's just but, but the idea behind this is there's a process that happens in the life of the church and in the life of, of individuals, that as we move through this, this cycle right here, uh, you can see on the outside uh, the, everything that holds together because we're loving people, transforming lives, making disciples, and this is what we're trying to do. Uh, and we start with, at the top, initial contact. We see uh, Jesus taking the initiative. He sees Zacchaeus, uh, an outsider who is looking for a, a, a welcome mat in in, uh, in relationship to God. He wants to know that he is loved and appreciated and known by God, and, and and yet he's on the outside looking in. And Jesus takes the initiative. He makes the initial contact by simply saying, "Zacchaeus, you need to come on down because I'm going to your house." Right now, that's initial contact. Uh, That's uh, for us. It it is is finding that person who's on the outside looking in, and not waiting for them to even ask a question. It's as simple as, "Is uh, may I help you?" Uh, And and this may happen here within our within our church building. It may happen just outside on the sidewalk. But uh, I can guarantee that opportunity to to make the initial contact will happen somewhere this week for you. The second part of that, and uh, let me say this, this is the only other part I'm going to talk about. So it's uh, only two out of the six, so you can kind of go, oh, no, it's another 40 minutes. No, this is the only other thing. (laughs) This is the only other thing is information gathering. And and for us, uh, uh, you know, ever since I've been here is, is, uh, we've tried to figure out how we can get contact information, uh, you know, in our, in, in uh, whether we've done an event or, or whether it's somebody's attended the church for the first time and how do we get people to, to put their name on something, uh, their, their, um, uh, their, um, uh, uh, cell phone number or their email address and, and, uh, and. Because, you know, that initial contact, if we can gather that information, then we can, we can keep moving up. We can go to the next step, which is follow-up. But let's just let's stop there with information gathering. If, we, if you go back and read Luke 19, 1 through 10, there's a lot of information about this, this uh, Zacchaeus. We know he's short. We know he's the chief Tax, gather, uh, tax collector. We know that he's wealthy. And, and we know that because that information is given to us. And, and my guess is Luke, who investigated these things and wrote these stories down so that we could know Jesus, love Jesus, and serve Jesus, he got that information from somebody else. And my guess is while they're sitting around the table in conversation, uh, questions were asked and, and uh, answers were given so that by the time uh, Jesus and his disciples had left uh, Zacchaeus's home, they knew his name, they knew his profession, they knew where he lived. Uh, everybody knew he was short. Uh, nobody needed him. But they, they, they had gathered information about him in particular. They knew who he was. And when we talk about information gathering, we're not talking about trying to get somebody's cell number or or an address on a piece of paper. We're talking about you take the initiative, and you ask the questions, and you actually get to know the person you're talking to. You, you know their name. Yeah, you know uh, their family situation. And, and the more uh, you ask questions and show interest in them, uh, the more you begin to, to move into the area where Jesus was always moving and that was promoting people over culture. So with that in mind, I want to leave you with, with one thing, and, and all I'm going to ask you to do is, is to pray. And, uh, and I, I would encourage you to pray this more often than once, but if you just start with once, that's, that's okay. Uh, but this is what I'm going to ask you to pray. Lord, show me my Zacchaeus. Can you repeat that with me? Let me see if it's up there. Bring it on up. Uh, it's not up there. Oh, okay. Uh, they didn't get my final text. So, but I think we can do this. Let's start with, repeat after me. Lord, show me my Zacchaeus. Okay, let's do it all together because y'all are, y'all are already running ahead of me. So, Lord, show me my Zacchaeus. And, and, you know, the intention there is to pay attention. If you pray that prayer, you're going to be on the lookout. If you pray, uh, Lord, send a $600 check in the mail, you're going to be checking the mailbox a lot, right? It's, he may say, no, 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 no. Or uh, there was one time where he said yes to me, and I needed it. But, uh, but, uh, but if you begin to pray that prayer, you're going to be start looking for the answer. If God answers that prayer today, you know what you need to do. You need to take the initiative and gather information to live, to love, to laugh. We are, it is all Jesus Christ. Amen? So we are going to move into a time of prayer, and so I invite you to uh, bow your heads and, uh, and open your hearts to, uh, to God.